Mix 104.9. It is just after 10.20 and as we know the countdown is well and truly on to that vaccine mandate uh, from midnight tonight. So we know for some businesses obviously that are operating tomorrow they'll have a fair idea as to just how many people within their workplaces uh, are vaccinated. Um, but for um, some of our other industries, um, particularly uh, those in education, we probably won't have a really clear idea is my guess until Monday morning when schools go back. But uh, joining us on the line right now is uh, the head of the Education Union here in the Northern Territory, Jarvis Ryan. Good morning to you, Jarvis. Good to be with you, Katie. Jarvis, um, uh, do we have much of an idea how things are tracking when it comes to uh, our schools and uh, those support staff for Monday morning? No, for, from where we're sitting, it's just it's anecdotal. Uh, it's little stories here and there. Um, the department... Um, I think has a much clearer idea, but it seems that the the NT government line is they're they're deliberately being very vague about the numbers. So we know with, within education that um, they're able to capture that data through their HR system, and so as of today, they'll have a clear idea of who is either not vaccinated or has not provided evidence of uh, of that, and they they've those employees will have been written to, I believe, at least twice by the. Chief Executive Officer, um, and look right up until the deadline. I mean, in the case of school-based employees, even this weekend they could still go and get their first dose and then up on Monday. So what you said in your introduction, I think, is right: is that it won't be until Monday that there'll be a sense really of when the dust settles a little bit, who mm. will um, who will be there and who won't. But from from what we found, there's been only a really small number of people who have been absolutely adamant. I definitely will not be getting the jab, um, but time will, will tell. Yeah, I know I've had a, um, a few people message in and say that they're aware of schools in different locations where some staff are not going to get vaccinated, but as you said, um, they're from the get-go, um, you know, I, I guess until we actually have that, that data, we're really not going to know, and, and it is a bit of hearsay at this point in time. It is, and I, and I think... Um, because the government has decided the mandate is a good thing, um, they don't want to acknowledge that there will be knock-on effects that, that cause problems. And what, in our case, what will happen is there are a lot of qualified teachers who work in corporate roles and, as necessary, they'll be deployed in schools uh, from Monday to sort of patch up some of those holes. So the message I expect we'll get is no disruption to student learning and no-one wants to see that. But there is a, there is a question... Um, about you know the impact this will have uh not just now but into the future um and it's, as you know it's not just teaching it's um, mm-hmm. there's a story today in the paper about police there's nurses there's firefighters there's whole groups of people when you add all of those things up um it's about the territory being able to um make sure we've got enough workers in all of our key industries and um you know we're certainly hoping that in the end we we get to a point where um People uh, make that decision, yeah. but uh, it's obviously been contentious for, for at least a minority. And Jarvis, I mean, for all of the parents out there listening this morning, I guess that no matter what, um, the schools and the education department, I would presume, are going to try to make things as smooth as possible when it comes to ensuring that our children continue to be educated. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Katie, because I really... in this. 
even larger schools in Darwin I've been into, we're talking about typically not more than one or two teachers who have been in this sort of refusing or hesitant category. So that that won't be an issue to um, to cover. Um, but like I said, it's just we won't really know until um, until we get to then on the, on Monday. There'll be a clearer. Mm idea and there there are some people who have negotiated to take leave or they're on leave and things like that so there's for some people they may sort of try and draw it out a little bit until the beginning of the 2022 school year yeah. and I think the department has taken a, a reasonably pragmatic approach on um, being you know reasonably sensitive about people's individual circumstances as um, uh, some staff are pregnant or they've got certain circumstances that are um, they're, they're asking to delay a little bit longer. But what is clear is as of Monday, without that first dose, you, you won't be able to uh, be present on the work site. Jarvis, you've spoken before about the impacts in some of those remote communities. How are you feeling uh, for those communities come Monday? Uh, well, that's, that's a much bigger unknown because uh, there's a secondary workforce of uh, school council employees not directly employed by the education department and they can't centrally collect that data but they have been doing it manually and again they will they will have pretty good numbers by today uh, and again I think that information should be should be shared by the government uh, as long as well as a strategy on how yeah. they're going to address that but um, from Monday, the other issue we have now is this, there'll be new restrictions in, in remote communities and that's been sprung on uh, sprung on people this week and there's a lot of questions from remote school principals and others about um, mask wearing, rapid antigen testing and so they haven't even digested the, the mandatory vaccination issue and now we're on to the next um, vaccine-related or COVID-related compliance and um, no detail whatsoever from the government, which is really disappointing. Really? So uh, despite that announcement being made earlier in the week, there's been no real interaction from the government with those communities? Well, not not with anyone, to my knowledge. I rang the Minister's office, uh, Education Minister, and they were playing catch-up. So um, the questions I'm getting are, you know, someone lives an hour outside of Catherine. Um, the reading, what was in the press release, would indicate if they go into Catherine now for groceries or for any purpose um, that they're in a, a low-vax community on return to community they will need to wear a mask at all times for at least seven days and as of next Friday will also need to undergo a uh, rapid antigen test um, so there's all sorts of questions about how this scheme will work who's administering it who's enforcing it and um, no detail whatsoever from from government on that and that comes into force in three days. Wow. Well, Jarvis Ryan, I reckon you and I might be talking again early next week by the sounds of it. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show this morning and uh, and giving us a bit of a bit of detail. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Kate. Thank you.